1: My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. The question this week is from a mom dealing with her six-year-old's outbursts and aggressive behavior. But before I get to the questions, I thought it would be good to go over some general summer tips and guidelines. Now, I don't know about you all, but I've had a really difficult time this summer with the switch from school to summer. For those who have younger kids and the routine doesn't change, you're probably hanging in there just fine. But the switch over this year has been particularly difficult for me. It's always hectic this time of year with our community swim team and having all the stuff ready for practice right before they head off to camp. But I think this year, because the kids had been going to the same camp for three years in a row and they were growing weary of it, I tried to change things up with a week of surf camp an hour away. Of course, my oldest sprained his foot the second day of surf camp and couldn't even put any weight on it for over 24 hours. And so he was out of surf camp the remainder of the week, required some extra TLC and doctors visits. Also, our oldest is now old enough to do the county junior lifeguard program, which is awesome, by the way. If you're following me on Instagram at ironmom2020, you may have seen the picture of him doing his summer math book while sitting in his uniform waiting for his brother and sister to do their swim practice. But anyway, the different camps means different schedules and drop-offs for him than the other two, so this is new for me this year. Then the younger son had an issue at camp, the one he's grown weary of, with a bully who was also a problem last year. We addressed it then, but it never got great so when we had problems this year i just decided to just pull him so i spent an evening after our younger son had been in tears for two nights in a row finding a different program and moving them out of the old program and getting them enrolled in the new program so this is just for the younger ones so starting next week they'll be going off to science camp and everything worked out fine just seems like these things keep piling up but So my things to really get done this weekend is to work on the organization routine for us for the rest of the summer so that I'm not looking for swim goggles 15 minutes before we need to leave the house for swim practice. So I'm not going to give any tips on getting organized for the summer. Once I figure that out, it's really not that hard. I just need to do it, I think. Um, Maybe I can give some tips on that, but I digress. The tips I want to cover this week are about summer learning. And next week, I'll cover some tips on summer safety. Now I have full episodes on both of these subjects so I'll just cover a few highlights to bring them back around into everyone's awareness if you haven't heard those episodes or just to bring it back so that you can think about those Um, and then I'll refer you to the full episodes if you want to know more for summer learning. And this only applies to kids in elementary school and beyond, but on average, kids lose about two months worth of learning over the summer in subjects like math, reading, and spelling. So that's a big opportunity lost. So it's good to keep kids' skills sharp over the summer. There are lots of ways to do that. The easiest way is to keep them reading. You can have them pick out some books from the bookstore or join a summer reading program, which is pretty much in every city library. So that's pretty easy. And then carve out some time each day for your kids to read now it seems like kids have plenty of time for electronics over the summer so carve out some of that time for the reading instead now i like to give my kids the opportunity and initiative to just read on their own and my younger son is amazing at this he will read a book anytime anywhere Um, but the other two are not so great at it so what i need to do with them is i just say there's no electronics or screens until they do some reading first so the other area where kids lose a lot of skill is in math the bookstores have lots of great math workbooks and our oldest has been using the star wars themed ones for the past three summers now this summer he has been working his way through the fourth grade math book before he starts fourth grade in the fall now for other kids who aren't so gung-ho to do workbooks you can find some fun math games both physical games or online and i go into more detail on all of this in the episode on summer learning loss in episode number 16 so you can go back and listen to that one if you'd like to see some more specific ideas both about math and in lots of other areas of learning so it looks like i've been going on for just a little bit um a little bit about our own family summer so i got uh, a little caught up in that but so in order not to squish the answers to the two questions too short um, or have to drop one i'm going to cover the summer safety tips which covers kids, all ages, infants, up through teens. I'll go into those next week. So our first question is from a mom about her six-year-old daughter's outbursts and aggressive behavior. And Carol says, I've been listening to the podcast and I'm learning lots of great strategies. I can't say I'm implementing them all effectively, but I am making my own progress. You know what, Carol? That's how this all works. We all make our own progress. We take what we can handle at that time. We work on that. When we get that down, we move on to the next thing. None of us take it all and make all these changes all in one day. So that is a great way to start. Uh, Carol goes on. My question has to do with what to do with my six-year-old when she has a big upset, which can involve screaming, yelling at me, and even trying to hit or kick me. They also tend to come from some small issues that, to me, gets blown up in her mind. So, for example, a few weekends ago, she had gotten a balloon at the bank. A little later, I was getting gas and didn't shut the door, causing the balloon to go out. She ended up crying about it and working herself into a huge upset about it. I tried emphasizing and apologized for not thinking to shut the door, but that did nothing to help her. When we got to our neighborhood, she didn't want me to stop for the mail. I did anyway. She got out of the car and came and kicked me on the shin. When we got into the house, she took off to the backyard and hid. She finally came and apologized for kicking me. When I tried to talk with her in a soothing tone about what happened, she wanted nothing to do with it. She ran off again. So maybe it was too soon. When she doesn't get her way or even if we have an agreement and she wants to change it after I have held up my end, she gets really upset and can launch into the fits. She'll make threats to me like she's going to tear my stuff up or she'll throw things. She's usually a very loving girl with a huge heart and does not act this way at school. She apologizes afterwards and genuinely seems to feel bad. After she calms down, she apologizes, but when I try to coach her about what happened and how we can do better, she tends to avoid the conversation. She will distract herself with other things and I have a hard time getting her to focus. I'm growing frustrated with the outbursts and aggressive behavior too at this age. How can I help her move past this behavior but also let me coach her on better choices? Also, sometimes I feel like they are more intense after she comes back to me from her dad's. I don't know if there are some buried feelings in there about having two homes and feeling somewhat powerless in that. I know her dad and I approach parenting differently. Based on things she has said to me, she gets threats, spankings, and time outs. Thank you. So Carol, the last piece of information is very important piece. So I'm glad that you opened up to share about that because I think this could have a lot to do with her behavior. It sounds like her dad falls more on the side of the authoritarian parent and research does show that this parenting style does tend to invite resentments because there is little to no room for the child's expression of needs, disappointments, wishes, what have you. And as someone who grew up in a home with an extremely authoritarian parent, I remember feeling very resentful and angry a lot of the time because I could not express anything without grave repercussions, screaming, being hit, what have you. So I learned to just keep my mouth shut and swallow it, deal with it. And it did probably come out in other ways. Now, I'm not saying that your daughter's dad is nearly as intense as my situation growing up at all. He may not be even remotely close to that, but just that this is a common pattern of behavior and feelings among and between parent and child when the parent is more authoritarian and wields the power to forcefully. In authoritative homes, positive discipline homes, it's more democratic. There's, It's much less of a dictatorship. Now, it doesn't mean parent and child have equal say, but it does mean that the child has room to share their thoughts, feelings, wants, and needs and desires without fear and in an environment that feels safe to do so. So I'm not sure if this may be what's happening at her dad's house. And I think what, if that is the case, what may be happening is that because you are the safer place, um, that she may be bringing that anger and resentment to you and unleashing it there. Now, this is a fine line to walk because most likely this would be an extremely difficult thing to address with him. It sounds like you guys don't really talk about discipline with her, because you're getting it, you said you're getting it through her. It's not that you guys have talked about the different discipline styles. So it doesn't sound like co-parenting is happening or something that may be a real big possibility here. But so as long as the dad is not being abusive, meaning verbally or physically abusive, there is a lot that you can do. Unfortunately, spanking is still legal in all 50 states in the U.S. Now given one of the spellings of one of the words that in the email that you sent, I'm thinking it's possible that you're not from the US. And if that's true and you're not living in the US, um, it is illegal, spanking is illegal in certain areas around the world, including a vast portion of South America, in New Zealand, smattered throughout Europe, mostly Eastern Europe and Northern Europe, Iceland, Ireland, Spain, and Portugal. I do think and hope that these laws, while difficult to enforce, will spread. And the importance of it is it spreads the message that hitting is just not a way to discipline a child. As these laws spread throughout the world, it will help spread awareness. So let's assume you're living somewhere where spanking is completely legal. What can you do to help your daughter with these feelings and get these feelings out in ways that are appropriate? There is a lot you could do. And also know that your parenting will have a huge effect on her and will be a counterbalance of the connection and safety that all kids need as they grow up. She also will start to differentiate the two parenting styles and will act differently with you than with him. But that will take some time as you move along. And as you work with her, she will become more respectful. She will come to you. You will be the parent that she will come to if she's not feeling safe to share her feelings when she's at her dad's house. But one of the things I do just wanna throw caution out there is to be careful of is a lot of times what happens um, in parents where you have one really strict parent is that the other parent gets very lenient to try to make up for that. You don't want to get too lenient to make up for that and just kind of allow her to do what she wants. You want to stay within these boundaries of staying the authoritative parent and the positive discipline so you set up the structure, the rules, and the boundaries so she has a really healthy environment and then the other environment may stay more authoritarian than is optimal but it will have a lot less effect on her as she grows up. When we return after a break from our sponsor, I will answer the rest of Carol's question about how to deal with her daughter's anger outbursts. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science,
0: Dot com, And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
1: Now that we're back after the break, I'm going to continue answering our question about a six-year-old and aggressive behavior. As far as what you can do, is there a way that you can get her to therapy. It would help to have an assessment to find out if the anger is coming from a place of dealing with two homes or any feelings of resentment or lack of control that she may have due to her situation when she's at her dad's house. And if that is the case, it will help her understand her anger and work through it. Now, I'm not a specialist in family law, so I don't know how it works in other states or countries, but I know in California, if both parents have custody, any kind of custody, whether it's 80 20 or 50 50, doesn't matter. If the other parent has any percentage of custody, then both parents need to sign the form to agree to have the child assessed and go to treatment. Now, I also want to say that I have my own experience with a very authoritarian and, in my case, abusive parent. So I want to make it really clear that I am not saying that this situation is abusive at all. I'm doesn't sound like it is. So I just wanna put that out there. I'm not trying to color my experience with what's happening with my reaction to the question. Um, I don't want it to set off alarms. So it is possible that if she's getting little to no room to express her needs or feelings, that she just has some resentments that are building up and they've taken hold. It's also possible that just dealing with two homes and two potentially different discipline styles is causing some behavioral issues, but the assessment will help parse this out. If you can make this happen and approach her dad with the idea that you just think she's struggling with two different homes and two different sets of expectations and that you'd like her to see someone to learn how to deal with it, then that would be optimal um, if you could do that for her and for you. Now, if this is something that's just not in the realm of reality or possibility at all, then you'll just need to work with her on her behavior when she's with you on how to appropriately express Her negative emotions. The other thing you need to be careful of even if she does come to you and express anger towards her dad is that it's it's really good and really important if you can walk a very fine line and this part is difficult. You want to support her feelings but you also want to do whatever you can not to damage the relationship between her and her dad. In other words it's best to not badmouth him in front of her. Now, of course, if it does turn out that any of the treatment is abusive, then you need to do it. you need to do to protect her and you do need to, you know, quote unquote, sort of take sides. But I don't think that's what's happening here. I just think he has a more authoritarian viewpoint on how to parent. And so you just want to try to manage that and help her manage that the best that she can. Now, even if you can get permission, if you need permission in your state or your country to get her into some therapy, you still want to work with her at home on appropriate sharing of emotions. The best ways and times to do this are when she's calm. And I know you said you tried talking to her when she was calm and you weren't sure if it was too soon. But it sounds like since she came to you first and was ready to apologize that it wasn't too soon, but she's really struggling on whatever level to accept and discuss these feelings. So first, thank her for coming to you and apologizing. Let her know that it means a lot to you. And then get some books on handling negative emotions and read those during times when she's completely unrelated to an incident and calm. So just during a time that is calm and quiet, like a weekend morning or afternoon, The books may spark conversations about why she reacts the way she does. Then you can move into some discussions on making better choices. As far as the meltdowns themselves, when she just gets really upset, you did fine, apologizing and showing empathy. That's all you can do. She has to learn how to express and deal with the emotions that come with that. You're not responsible for her reaction, even if you made a mistake and did something that then made her feel upset. It's her responsibility to work through her feelings and through reading books and discussing it, she will learn to do better and be better over time. Now here are some book suggestions to read and open up a dialogue. When I Feel Sad and When I Feel Angry, there's are two different books, both by Spellman and Parkinson. My Many Colored Days by Dr. Seuss and When Sophie Gets Angry, really, really angry by Bang. It's also good to read books about emotions in general, the whole range of emotions to help children recognize and connect with them. And I have a list of about 25 different books, which is just too long to list off here. So I've created a handout with a list of books to read with kids about negative emotions and different positive ways of dealing with them. As well as books about feelings in general, recognizing them, connecting with them, understanding them, and sharing them with others. So to get this handout with a list of all these books, you can go to the website at yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash books dash about dash anger. So that's yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash books dash about dash anger. Now, when she talks about ripping up or damaging your stuff, try to have a conversation and see what you can learn about how she's feeling and do some coaching in that moment if she can be receptive. You could say something like, it sounds like you're angry about whatever you think got her upset, whatever happened in that moment. And then, can you tell me more about that? And then let her share. Then once she comes around and calms down a little bit after talking about it, You can ask, how do you think that would make me feel if you ripped up my papers or broke my glasses? You can then ask how she would feel if someone ruined something important to her, a stuffed lovey or a favorite book or toy, and have the conversation that way. Now, when it comes to the aggressive behavior, the kicking or hitting, it is important to address this right away, even though she is upset at that time. It means setting up an expectation around it during a time when she's calm. Normally, when it comes to discipline, we do work the most positive ways first and then move to consequences last, like positive reinforcement and positive intent, then things like choices, eye messages, and empathy, then natural consequences, and finally, logical positive or logical negative consequences. But when it comes to aggression, it is important to let kids know that that behavior just isn't tolerated. That's a strong line we wanna set. If our child were hurt by another or our child hurt another child, we would expect there to be some solid boundaries and consequences in place. The same goes when they do it to us. There's no positive intent when it comes to kicking or hitting. It's like, oh, she probably thinks I like it. No, she's angry and acting aggressively. So she needs to learn to control the anger and that kicking just is never okay or hitting whatever is never okay. If you can find a logical consequence, that is best. She throws a toy, she loses the toy for the rest of the day. She kicked you because she isn't allowed to watch TV at that moment. She loses TV for the rest of the day or the next few days or what have you. If you can't find anything related, then she loses a privilege of some sort, electronics time or a play date. You would need to set up this consequence or the boundary that you're going to have a consequence. Like I said, during a time when she's calm. You want to sit down with her and say, remember the other day when you kicked me because you didn't want me to stop for the mail? Well, kicking and hitting are just not okay. It hurts. If you ever do that at school, you would be in a lot of trouble. You can't do it at home with me either. So from now on, there will be a consequence for this type of behavior. You could lose your chance to watch your favorite show or play a game on the tablet, or you may lose a play date with a friend if it's coming up. So just be aware of the consequence the next time you get angry with me and think about your choice before you make it. Now, since she's six, the consequence can be through the rest of the day or even into the next day. For other parents dealing with aggression or using consequences in general, here are some age guidelines. Two and under. A positive timeout, which means sitting and talking with you for a few minutes. If they were playing, it means they have to leave the play scenario. So this is a negative consequence enough. For ages three and four, at these ages, most aggression is over toys and play scenarios. So the logical consequence of having to allow the other child to play with the toy or use a the paintbrush they wanted for a few minutes while they're talking with you about it is enough. Especially at these ages 2, 3, and 4, they're really just learning how to control themselves. So it's expected that they're going to hit and kick. This is not an abnormal behavior for these younger ages. By the time they're 5, 6, and older, we expect kids to be able to, for the most part, handle these emotions. So, so we're going to tolerate this type of behavior less and less and get more strict in our consequences with them. Also, when it comes to the kids two, three, and four, they don't equate things later in the day to something they did earlier, so anything longer than 15 to 20 minutes of losing a turn with a toy won't mean anything after that. Now, by the age of five, they have a better memory, so a few hours to the rest of the day is fine for a consequence. For six and seven, the rest of the day to a few days of a lost toy or privilege. Now, these timelines for consequences apply to whatever the concern is, not just aggression, not cleaning up their own toys, a back talk after you've been working on it for several weeks, things like this. Because by the time kids get to be seven and up, like I said, especially eight, aggression, purposefully hurting someone should be a thing of the past. So for kids eight to 10, these consequences we're talking about, not following through on something they were supposed to after you've been working on it for a little while. For eight to 10, a few days to a week of a consequence. And for tweens and teens, in most cases, a week or two is plenty long for losing a cell phone or driving privileges or being grounded. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.